Great leaders cause movement. They cause an organization, a team to change. They accelerate the results they're trying to deliver. They don't just maintain something, oversee it, manage it for a period of time. That's not a leader. So with the help of Russell Brunson, you're going to hear from him in a moment. I'm going to use his help today to to try to get you to look at leadership differently than perhaps you do view it and and cause your you to, to think of yourself as the leader of a movement. Now, I know that may sound crazy, but let me explain it in a moment. Welcome in to the Decide to Lead podcast. I'm Russ Hill. This podcast is for those who've made the decision to lead and are looking for ways to accelerate the results they've got to deliver. Let's go. This is the Decide to Lead podcast with Russ Hill. In moments of disruption, like the the massive one we're going through right now, right when I'm recording this, uh, COVID-19, in moments of disruption, leaders either get really big or really small. They shrink. Leaders either shrink or they get larger than life, way more effective than they've ever been. Why? What's the difference? What's the difference between a leader who shrinks in a moment of disruption and one who gets larger, who's more effective? That's what I captured in the five steps to growing through disruption. That mini course is available free. If you haven't checked it out yet, go to Grow through disruption.com you can unlock that mini course for free the five steps to grow grow yourself grow the results your team has to deliver your organization the five steps to grow through disruption available right now at grow through disruption.com go check it out okay so in this uh in this episode what i want to talk to you about is it's it, it's it sounds a little maybe weird to you when i first say it, which is great leaders lead movements. They don't just manage a team or run an organization or sell something. That's not what they do. Those are, those are placeholders, man. I did a, <clears throat> excuse me. I did a video on, on LinkedIn. Gosh, it's probably been six months ago, longer than that. I don't even remember how long ago I, I did. The, I posted this video to LinkedIn about the difference between what I called a transactional leader and a transformational leader. A transactional leader just kind of manages the day-to-day stuff and they don't get, you don't pay them much because they're not worth a lot. And there are 50 gazillion of them out there. You could replace this one with so the demand for them is not high. Tons of, most leaders are transactional. Hire me. I'll run this team. I'll figure out these things and I won't, I won't, I won't slip this train off the rails. I'll keep it on, but nothing really dramatic or great's going to happen. We'll grow a little bit or I'll maintain things. I'm a transactional leader. Transactional leaders often think they're worth more than they really are, but we don't have to pay them much as an organization because they don't offer a ton. Transformational leaders eat, drink, and breathe. They can't stop thinking about how to improve, change, transform, grow this team, organization, results, whatever it might be. Transformational leaders demand a premium because there aren't that many of them. They, they are constantly thinking of ways to improve, adjust. They are the leaders that you put on a team or an organization if you want growth. You can think about this in everything from religious organizations that you might be a part of, volunteer organizations. It doesn't have to be a company, a for-profit situation. I've, I've worked with leaders in, in my faith. I've served alongside transactional leaders. I'm just kind of, we kind of maintain stuff. Nothing really, no, I mean, people's lives were affected positively and 
hopefully not negatively, but it just kind of, you know, we just kind of, we oversaw things for uh, six months, a year, whatever. And then I've served alongside transformational leaders at church. These are people who have huge impact on people's lives. They, they make you feel a part of something larger than yourself. They, they have a vision of where they're going. There's an urgency to what they're trying to accomplish. And, and I've worked alongside, of course, in business, right? Either one. And, uh, and so in my opinion, great leaders are looking for ways to become transformational leaders because they want to have a bigger impact and potentially they want to, they want to, they, they want to ha- make more money. They want to, they want to, they want to have a bigger role wherever they are. Right. So how do you become a transformational leader? I want to use a clip from Russell Brunson. If you've listened to me for a while, you know that Russell Brunson made my number one list for this year, 2020, in the top 10 people that I am paying the most attention to. I, I recorded a couple of podcast uh, episodes, what, maybe a month or two ago. You can go back on whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast on. If you didn't catch that, th- those two episodes, I went through numbers 10 through six in one episode and then number five through one in the other episode of the top 10 people I'm paying the most attention to in 2020. That list fluctuates, right? Because some people are moving up, some people are moving down on that list. And Russell Brunson was number one on my list in 2020. He is demanding, earning a significant amount of my time and attention right now. Any book he puts out, I read. Any any things that he puts out, I read. I don't find value in every single, no, no, nobody bats a thousand. Nobody's always speaking to me or to you, right? There's some episodes in a podcast or books that apply more to me than you at a certain time. But right now he's demanding a lot of my attention. I find him extremely um, valuable in helping leaders add value and be more transformational. He gets into a lot of uh, aspects of business, what he does for a living that you might not find valuable, but I want to play a clip from him in a moment. And he's going to really set up how I want to advance this conversation which, around transactional and transformational leaders. Because I, I, um, I think so many people limit their impact in an organization or with customers or with groups that they serve with because they don't think of this and they don't think of how they can contribute in a more meaningful way. So let me just get to the clip from Russell Brunson. I'll come back and react to it and explain why why I wanted to include it in this episode in a few minutes, but you're going to find a ton of value in this. This is a clip of a uh, video from Russell Brunson. He's actually talking about a book that he wrote called called Expert Secrets. He wrote it a few years ago. This video is a couple of years old, and I'll explain a little bit more about the book, but just listen to what the concept he teaches, three aspects about a leader that, um, in my words, would be transformational, bring tons of value, has a premium um, in, in an organization or an industry or a group. You want these leaders. Russell frames it up in an interesting way. Here's what he has to say. Now, uh, any type of business, product or service, you can sell a product, but then it becomes very transactional and it's not that exciting. Or you can create a movement where people buy from you over and over and over again. I don't know about you, but it's not that hard to get someone to buy once, but to get them to buy over and over and over again, it takes a different mindset. It creates it takes uh, creating something different. And so this is a concept right here I call creating a mass movement. And what was interesting is I was writing my book and as I was trying to like figure this out for myself and I was building my company, um, I started studying a whole bunch of mass movements throughout time. And it was fun because I was studying um, 
pretty much everything I could find out um, about cults and about religious groups and about businesses. And it was funny, I found that um, on the really negative side, like I look at some of the, the worst uh, movements of all time, like uh, in my mind, I was thinking about Hitler and the Nazi party. As I was studying him, I started noticing things that he was doing. And I started looking uh, on the opposite sp- uh, end of the spectrum with uh, who I believe is the greatest that's ever been on this earth, Christ and Christianity. And I looked at what he did. And there was also these similar patterns w- with what he did. And I started looking at um, businesses. I looked at like what uh, Steve Jobs did with Apple. I looked at what Elon Musk has done with Tesla. I look at all sorts of things. And what's interesting is I started studying all these different things. I found out that there were three things that every mass movement had from the beginning of time till today. I'm talking about cults, religious groups, businesses, all of them have the exact same three things. And uh, I want to walk you through really quickly what these three things are, because when you understand them, you understand the pattern, then you can actually amplify it. And for me, as soon as I started understanding these things, then I started like figuring out ways to make them better, and my company started growing really, really quickly. So number one, every single mass movement has a charismatic leader. Think about it. Apple had Steve Jobs. Tesla had Elon Musk. Um, every mass movement from the beginning of time always has an attractive character, charismatic leader. That's number one. Number two, every single one of these mass movements always has a cause, something they are moving forward to in the future. Okay, if you look at, um, in fact, look at all the recent presidential elections. In the book, I go deep into this. It's interesting how um, all of the pres- people who've won the presidency, Democrat or Republican, does not matter. The ones who won all consistently, their message was all about a future-based cause, and the ones that lost were all about a present-based cause. Fascinating as you see it happens in politics, happens in religion, happens in business, happens everywhere. So that's number two. And then number three is that every single mass movement, they did not lead with an improvement offer. And you'll learn more about that in the book. But every single one of them offered their people a new opportunity. Steve Jobs didn't come to the market and say, hey guys, I've got a better way to listen to CDs. No, he said, look, that, that, that vehicle you guys were using before, that thing you were using in the past, a CD player is dumb. I have this thing, it's called an iPod. He didn't come and say, oh, I got a phone, it's gonna be a little bit better. He's like, no, this is a new thing, it's called an iPhone. And he offered a new opportunity. Same thing with Christ and Christianity, same thing with Hitler. Like, same thing with every mass movement from the beginning of time, they always offered a new opportunity. It was never an improvement offer. And if you're struggling in your business right now, my guess is you're missing one or two of these three things, or your offer you're offering is the wrong thing. And so this is the foundation of how to create a mass movement. I wish I could share and go deep and deep with this with you guys during this video, but I can't. But the good news is that the first three chapters of my book are all about this. We talk about, uh, we go into a lot of depth about how to build a charismatic leader for your company, how to build a future-based cause, and I show you exactly what we did. So it's not just like some theory. I said, look, I learned this concept. I applied it to my business. This is how we did it. This is the results we got. And then I tried it out with some of my inner circle members. I tried it in their business. They had success, and only if it worked for me and for other people that we put inside the book. So here's how you build a charismatic leader. Here's how you build a cause, and here's how you build a new opportunity. Russell Brunson there. Okay, so obviously there at the end, he's making a pitch for his book, which by the way, I've read, I I don't know if it's three or four times and I I constantly refer to it. So I do highly recommend it. You can can get a copy of the book he's referring to at expertsecrets.com. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. You can just swipe over, swipe up in whatever app you're using and just tap on that, that link and it will take you over to it. He charges for shipping like 10 bucks or eight bucks or whatever it is. To get, the, uh, to get the book. You'll pay less going through his website than you will through Amazon, getting it on the Kindle or anything like that. Although you can you can do that if you prefer, prefer to do it that way. So Expert Secrets. I highly, highly, highly recommend uh, that book because it goes into much greater detail and I found a tremendous amount of value in, in that book. Okay. By the way, recently updated here in 2020. Just, just released the updated version of it, by the way. Okay. So Let's dive into a little bit of why I wanted to play that. So a trans transformational. Well, let me read. I want to read a quote from 
a uh, somebody who uh, he, he's passed away now. He passed away several years ago, but he used to be a leader in the church that I'm a member of, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So whether you're a, a person of faith or not, doesn't matter. But um, this person's name is James E. Faust, James Faust, and he was a senior leader in our church. And he gave a he gave a talk or a speech back in 1980, October of 1980, uh, about leadership. The whole talk, the whole speech um, to to the congregation he was speaking to worldwide was about leadership. And here he is in his 80s. I think he was probably in his 80s at the time talking about, well, what defines good leaders? And I, I, I found it to be just such, an, such a valuable, valuable speech. Now, I want to read a couple of sentences from him uh, because I think this is totally true. Here's what he says. James Fowle says, a good leader expects much inspires greatly and sets on fire those he or she is called to lead. I'm going to read that sentence again. A good leader expects much, inspires greatly, and sets on fire those they are called to lead. A leader, going on here, he says a leader must cause things to happen. And lives to be affected. Something should move and change. Isn't that interesting? A leader must cause things to happen and lives to be affected. Something should move. Change. Something should change. So you think about you as a leader. This is what I mean when I talked a few minutes ago about transactional leader. They don't do any of that. They don't. Ex- they might expect much, but they don't inspire anybody. Or usually, they don't set on fire those that they lead. They don't. They cause the day to day stuff to happen. But our lives really affected, and that lives could be. And I know you're speaking in a religious context here, but it applies to business or any organization really. The life of a customer, the life of people that we lead on the inside or the outside, so internal or external. A, a transactional leader doesn't cause things to move or change. They just keep it going. They don't. They 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 keep you from derailing, but they don't lead to much growth, if any. A transformational leader is the leader of a movement. So I love what Russell lays out, and he goes into a lot more detail in the book, and I'll let him explain that. But uh, the three elements that he laid out of a uh, 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 what I would call a transformational leader are charismatic leader. I have discovered in business and really everywhere, people people we buy from brands or we excuse me we we rarely buy from brands. There are exceptions like Nike. I buy from Nike, but how does Nike sell their shoes? They sell them with charismatic leaders, that athlete or whomever it might be. And so all marketing of brands, they they put forward they they pay for charismatic leaders, so to speak, to endorse their brand. And then I go, oh, I want to shop there. I want to eat there. I want to, I want to wear that. I want to go there. So we tend to buy from um, charismatic leaders, less about the brand part. One of the challenges our firm, I'll be quite candid with you. One of the challenges our firm has had over the last several years is we've been leading with the firm, the brand of the firm. Well, nobody gives a crap about the firm. There are a few exceptions, like in our space, large, massive consulting companies like Bain and Company or the McKinsey Group or things like that. Yeah, okay, you're interested in 
that brand because you you've developed some awareness of it and you kind of know what they do and you could pick you know you you could pick Deloitte or you could pick Morgan Stanley or pick pick the brand in whatever space right that brand has some meaning um it could, you could think of any industry that brand has some meaning but who i buy from is the individual the charismatic character or leader the attractive character as Russell calls them, that I've developed a relationship with. And what makes them attractive? Usually, they know my situation. They're an expert in my space. They have been here before. I want to buy from that person in that space because they've dealt with 50,000 people like me, or they've sold or handled these questions that I've got a million times. So they've got more wisdom and experience in this space, whatever it might be. And so they present themselves as a charismatic leader. How do you do that? You tell a lot of stories. I'm presenting myself in social media or when I meet the customer or in a meeting. This applies, you all, in church. It applies in for-profit. It applies everywhere. I'm telling lots of stories to my customer as well as to my the people that work alongside me that I'm leading, I'm telling them a lot of stories about how I've been here and I've overcome it. I was dealing with this challenge, and then I realized whatever the aha is or whatever the product is I'm selling or whatever the service is, I found this or I discovered this, and it solved this problem for me. And then you go out and you tell that story to people who have the same problem. They go, oh, he, she, they – They've been in this space. They're an expert. They're a charismatic leader, attractive character. So that that I've just found a ton of value in thinking that way. So often we don't present ourselves that way, right? And, and there's so much more we could say about that. Then the second area, so attractive character, charismatic leader is the number one thing Russell talked about. Number two is the cause. Isn't that interesting to think about? And he gave the examples of everything from Hitler to Jesus Christ to um, Steve Jobs. You could put Martin Luther King in there. Uh, I was listening to uh, to Simon Sinek, some, a video from him uh, last night. Somebody recommended, sent me a direct message, said, hey, Russ, you need to check out this thing. I was listening to a few clips as I was going to bed last night, and uh, and and Simon Sinek was talking about how uh, Martin Luther King, he was talking about how Martin Luther King wasn't offering tactics or a product. He was offering a dream. And so he talked so often about the dream and what, what, he, what, what he had seen in his mind's eye. I have seen the promised land is a famous line I've, where white people and black people or colored people where they sit down. I've seen this. I have a cause. And people attach themselves to people with causes. And so whether it's Steve Jobs where I'm really working to think differently. And so they don't lead with the product. They lead with the cause. So you think about in your space, wherever I'm trying to be an effective transformational leader, what's the cause? And how often am I speaking about it? Or am I stuck in our meetings and in our interactions internally in our in our internal discussions in our company or in our group or whatever that might be our organization and with the customer right am i talking a lot of tactics transactional stuff am, am i leading with that is that what i'm is that what people usually hear me talking about and every leader has to deal with that right there's tons of logistics we're working on and things we're figuring out and actions we're asking people to take the transactional stuff but am i leading with that is that all i'm talking about 
Or do I start a meeting or am I putting out videos or am I um, is speaking frequently of the cause? The perp- this is where you hear people talk about purpose-driven leadership, right? And what, what, what are we trying to accomplish with the customer or internally? Why, why should you work here? What I believe, what I've found in my experiences, the less a leader speaks about the cause and the more they talk about transactional things, the less motivated and inspired their followers, their direct reports, the, the customer is. Because I'm not part of anything great. And then the more that the, the, the little fires become big because we've lost track of what it is we're really trying to accomplish. Instead, it's all these tactics we're trying to execute on. And, and half the time, 50%, 60%, 70% of those don't work or we run into problems or obstacles. And so I get totally weighed down on that. But when you remind me of the cause, then I go, oh, you reset. And so many leaders become transactional because they speak so infrequently about what we're really trying to do. The bigger, I, I, another phrase I use for a word is macro, right? So many leaders are micro instead of macro. And, I, and, and so I, I, if I get too trapped in, and, and, and the same is true in every aspect of my life. In my relationships, if I get too micro, little things become big. Right. And then when I zoom out on macro, I get macro focused. I go, oh, that's actually that's not that big of a deal. I'm going to let that thing slide. I'm not going to make a big deal out of that. But when we become totally focused on micro things or tactics or transactional things, every fire, it works a big deal. Every obstacle in a relationship could doom it. Every you, you track with me. So the cause, I think, is so important. And we as human beings are anxious to follow people and be part of the cause. I think of every inspired leader spiritually um, in, in a work environment, every aspect of my life that is about a cause that motivates me. I want to follow them. I want to pay more attention to them. So what is the cause and how often are you speaking about it? We go into a lot more detail here. We don't have time. Russell goes into some more detail. He has his way of framing it in expert secrets, which I, I recommend, I think it's a good book, but um, he doesn't cover every aspect of it, but he's got some good ideas on the cause. And then the new opportunity was the third thing that Russell talked about, which I thought is really interesting. Are you offering a product or are you offering someone that's just kind of an improvement thing? This will, this will make us a little better. This will improve us. And, and Russell goes into the human psychology of that about talking about we aren't really actually that interested in that because we bought so many products in our lives that did not live up to what they were described as. They didn't deliver what they said they would. And so what's the new opportunity, right? It's not just a new phone. It's the iPhone. It's not just a different way. It's, it's a new way of listening to music, the iPod, right? If you look at Apple, they are masters of this. This is a new thing. No, it's not a watch. This is not a watch. This is a whole new device that does things in your life no other device does, even though they're like 20 other brands selling digital watches, right? Some with better features or worse features, but no, this is different. It's in a category of itself. So is is what you're selling, is what you're offering in any aspect of any organization or team you're leading, are you offering a a new opportunity? And I, I think about this too. My daughter is applying for a job. She's got a job interview actually here in just a few minutes when I'm recording this. And, and, and I think about, well, 
How is she positioning herself? Just as you know, look, a 16-year-old employee going in, she doesn't need to describe herself as all of these things, but how am I helping her think about these three areas? Attractive character, charismatic leader, the cause that uh, you're trying to help people with. Are you positioning yourself with that? Or are you just tactical, doing a few things, and then new opportunity? How how are you viewing joining this company or leading this team or selling this product as a new opportunity? Lots, lots of ways you could dissect and think about that. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. In the, in the show notes, I'm going to put a link to the YouTube video that Russell Brunson, where I took that audio from. If you want to watch it, you can click, uh, tap on the link and watch that video. I'm going to put a link to Expert Secrets, the book, if you want to go pay for shipping and and fill out the form um, and have th- that, that book shipped to you for just the, the cost of shipping. I recommend that, although you can go over to Amazon and buy the Kindle version or whatever if you want to, um, but you'll pay more that way. And then, um, and then the last thing I'll put in there is a link to the uh, the the course I talked about at the beginning of the podcast. If you haven't yet signed up for it, it's free. There's no upsell. Five steps to grow through disruption. This moment, more than any other in my career, demands transformational leaders. But what does that look like? It sounds easy, but in a moment of disruption, how do you make sure you're transformational, not transactional? Five steps to do that. I put it in this free mini course that uh, hundreds of you have taken advantage of. And I I'm, I just got an email, actually, right before I recorded this podcast from somebody. Let me look up uh, her name. Uh, Marina. Marina um, sent me an email just uh, this one. Hey, Russ, brilliant course. I totally enjoyed every video. Thank you so much for offering them. This, uh, this person sent me that um, this email just right before I recorded this podcast. So the feedback's been really rewarding. Just go to growthroughdisruption.com, growthroughdisruption.com to access that free mini course. Okay, BA, transformational leader, not a transactional leader. And we will talk to you soon.